Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. All of the games can be heard here in Richmond on the Odyssey app. Download it today for free. You can search 910 The Fan to hear AWOD Radio Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. Always available on the Odyssey app and gives you the ability to pause the show, rewind, and pick up right where you left off. And we've got a new show here at 910 The Fans, MP on the mic, Monday through Friday from 10 to 12 noon. And Michael P. joins me right now for a little crosstalk. What's going on, Let's bud? Let's go. Week one in the books. Just excited to be a part of this place. Got got, got my HR paperwork, so I can do my timesheets. <laughs> radio's a magical place, but you still got to file your timesheet. So I like how you started the show Monday by talking about Commanders Broncos, and by Friday, you talked yourself into a Commanders victory. That's all it takes, apparently. Right. I'm, I promised that I won't do it again next week with the Bills. <laughs> the Bills are going to win. I'm on, I'm on record. I will not talk my no matter how bad Josh Allen plays on Sunday, I will not talk myself out of that. But I'm all in for this weekend. I love this matchup. Russell Wilson, a big game for him. The Commanders defense is eating. I think Sam Howell will get incrementally better. I you, you hear the film gurus. I watch a film. You watch a film. Some people watch it at a higher level than us. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, the offensive line played better than, than people are giving them credit for. I don't think that's entirely true. But I think there will be a week one to week two jump here. So speaking of film review, the biggest thing that I noticed from my film review of Sam Howells, he is so good in between the numbers. Like these 20-yard passes in the middle of the field, he hit Dotson on a comeback. He hit uh, McLaurin on like a post or, or, or a skinny slant. Like he can hit those in the middle of the field. When he holds on to the ball too long or when he rolls out to his right, it's like a disaster. It is, and it, I, we need a better week from Logan Thomas this week too. Oh, yeah. I mean, that would go a long, long way. Story like even the Chiefs without Travis Kelsey, just it doesn't move quite as smoothly. Uh, you need that big tight end who can – Hunker down right there, take the quick pass, give him the opportunity to look downfield. I am I will be curious if they force something deep to Terry or if they walked away saying, We tried, but Terry was double covered. It's okay. We're not gonna force it. Or if you say, Hey, he's our best player, we've got to force him into the action. Well, they have to set it up like they did last week. And I, I talked about this yesterday when I watched the film. First down, it was like the third drive of the game. First down, run to Robinson. Second down, run to Robinson. It's a first down again. They bring in Gibson, set it up with play action. McLaurin beat his man and was wide open. Sam Howell just didn't throw him the ball. And so offensively for the commanders, I do think it's going to look more like it did in the fourth quarter. The 18 runs to two passes. Because they need to get Howell confidence with establishing the run early. No question. And it, Look, Antonio Gibson's going to be a big part of this, too, because I don't think Brian Robinson can handle that workload all season long. You need a second running back to emerge. And if that's Chris Rodriguez, I feel great about that. Get the rookie some action, too. I don't know who it is. I just know somebody has to be the number two running back. Somebody has to take – you remember the J.D. McKissick glory days, right? Yeah. Like, that – you need a J.D. McKissick, a reliable number two guy, so that somebody's not taking 100% of the running back snaps. Could that be Curtis Samuel? He had one good rush for six yards. I think they could use him even more. My hot take is he's as much running back as wide receiver, the way they use him and the way they get him the ball, in the same way that Antonio Gibson's a little bit wide receiver. You know, those things blur in this offense. Is that not a Ron Rivera thing, right? The, the position flex. He <laughs> right, loves him right. some position yeah, yeah. flex. <laughs> uh, get, get Curtis Samuel the ball in space, and there's a number of different ways to do that. I completely agree with you. Um, 
I, we saw Curtis Samuel just go bananas in that opener last year. It's so good against Jacksonville. Didn't quite hit that mark again the rest of the year. Let's see if they can sustain it. 425 kickoff, Commanders in Denver against the Broncos. Two hours before the game coverage begins on 1140 AM WRVA. Uh, it's MP on the mic alongside Awad here for a little crosstalk. And something you brought up on your show. The Commanders are going to drink beet juice? Beet juice! All right, give me some more details on we're this. Pl- we're playing at altitude. It's it's a mile high. And I don't know if you saw the stat. Denver, uh, they're like 21-3 and three in the first two weeks oh. when players are less conditioned, less ready for the season. The altitude wears them down quicker. Uh, so the sports medicine guy says beet juice is the way. To, he'll be serving them some shots of beet juice. On the plane, now, I don't. I don't think anybody's going full Russell Wilson and like doing the high leg kicks on the plane. Yeah, I hope we're not going that far with it. That was a that was a little excessive, but that that's the game plan. And so they're going to fly in and fly out within 24 hours. That's the other thing I read. Right? That was Ron Rivera's other thing. The altitude doesn't hit you until 24 hours. It is debatable whether that is good science or not. Well, it's debatable whether or not you can believe anything Ron Rivera says. <laughs> I mean, believe me, I, I, I've I've been to Denver one other time before. Um, I've been to Portland. Well, uh, I feel like it hits you right away. It hits you right away. It, yeah. It, now, th- what it what's good, though, is this is a team that has some rotational pieces. You know, on defense, they can bring guys in and out. We didn't see as much Emmanuel Forbes as I thought we would last week. So, you know, you've got room to kind of crank up those levers on some of those guys that don't play as much. I think where you're really going to see it is on the offensive line. Can these offensive linemen hang in there for an entire game? Do you, are you going to need to rotate at some point? That's the danger zone for me. So I've got my keys to victory coming Woo! up at 1 p.m. But, Michael, what do you think? I, I think the key to victory is is to not turn the ball over offensively, to, yeah. to get Sam Howell. It's the three-second clock for Sam Howell, right? He's going to have some plays that are there. He's going to have some plays that are not there. The plays that are not there need to be incompletions, not sacks, not interceptions, not fumbles. If you can reduce those, I I think you're in a really good spot offensively. My number two is you've got to rattle Russell Wilson. It's a big, big game for him. I talk about this during my show. This is... I mean, he's the franchise. The contract mandates he be the franchise. He stunk it up last year. This is week two. It wasn't the week one you wanted. There's a lot of pressure on him to deliver in front of that home crowd. Otherwise, everybody talks about how good the Denver fans are, how good that Denver crowd is. Nobody's going to a week 10 game there if they're <laughs> out of contention. You know, you got to watch three more years of Russell Wilson. It's a big moment for him. You got to rattle him. So you mentioned the turnovers. I look, they turned the ball over three times. We're lucky to escape the victory against the Arizona no Cardinals. I think they can survive one turnover from Sam Howell. Nobody else can make a mistake. Like Gibson fumbling the ball, that can't happen again. If Dotson makes a catch, Samuel and they fumble or Logan Thomas, that's how they lose the game. I think Sam Howell can make one mistake, but nobody else can have a backbreaking mistake. And you ex- one interception to me is baked into a Sam Howell day. Right. Especially if, on the road. If Sam Howell doesn't make a mistake, I'm almost concerned they're not getting enough out of Sam Howell at that point. You need you need to stretch Sam Howell and you need Eric Bieniemy. I mean, look at the play calling mix. He came out throw 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 throw. That was the first half. Throw 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 throw. I don't I don't even think he did that because it gave him the best chance of victory against the Cardinals. I think it was a statement half by Eric Bieniemy. First half a call in the plays in half in Washington, first half with Sam Howell, throw, 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 throw. This is how we're going to win games this year. Right, and they were throwing plays that you usually run the ball, and it was basically a designed run just with the quarterback throw, throwing for three yards. He 
It was very intentional. It was a message. This is not a team that's going to be a 50-50 split team. They are going to win games in the air, and you're absolutely right. When you do that, when you go down that road, you know, maintaining discipline, not fumbling after the catch, not fumbling the ball on the two-yard line, and then going around making a big show about how you're taking personal responsibility. For example, for example, <laughs> those would all be key things. Michael Phillips talked himself into believing the Commanders will go 2-0 for the first time since 2011. I'll give you my official prediction coming up in about 15 minutes. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on a football Friday. You're listening to the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. And we're going to debut a new segment right now, Don't Sleep on These Picks, is sponsored by Don't Sleep Energy Drink. Need the energy to stay up and see your late-night picks go up in flames? It's easy. Head over to don'tsleepenergy.com, and you're going to use the promo code AWADRADIO. That's A-W-A-D-D. R-A-D-I-O, to save some cash. Your picks might go busto, but you'll be loaded with gusto. Don't sleep makes you great. And joining us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, it's Matt Cahill, Drabby T-shirt from the Junkies. What's going on, Drabby? Awad, Richmond, what's going on? Glad to be on. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm so happy that we get a chance to do this segment every week at 1245. It'll be me with one of the donks behind the glass of the sports junkies. This week's is Drab T-shirt. And I, I want to say right off the back, I would not have this job if it wasn't for you and Valdez. Both you guys deserve a lot of credit uh, for kind of creating the Awad character and, and teaching me how to do radio. Well, it took a long time to teach you how to do radio, but you're getting pretty good. And Valdez doesn't get any credit this week because he's on vacation. Who takes vacation week one of the NFL season? Valdez should be suspended or fired when he gets back. That's the reality. <laughs> I mean, the show definitely sounded different on Monday with Michael Ma running the show. But, Drab, uh, we've got a little production for this segment. I want you to take a listen to it. Let's do it. It's time for Don't Sleep on These Picks. Presented by Don't Sleep Energy. Awad will be joined by one of the donks behind the glass, Drab and Valdez. He's the sexiest man on the planet. To go through the best college and NFL games of the weekend. Weekend, weekend, Don't weekend. sleep on this segment every Friday at 1245 on Awad Radio. Yeah, how about that, Drabby? <laughs> Look at that. I love it, man. Nice work, guys. All right, so we're doing a survivor pool here at Odyssey uh, Richmond, and I'm leaning Cowboys this weekend. What do you think? Is there a better lock on the board? The Cowboys, definitely, probably the biggest lock on the board, but if you've been listening to the Junkies this week, there's a lot of debate about which team to take. The Junkies doing their own survivor pool, and it's been, first of all, awesome. The guys are super engaged. They're battling back and forth all week. Uh, their votes went between the Bills and the Giants, but the Cowboys were kind of left out because they wanted to save them for Thanksgiving or later in the season. The Cowboys look so good in Week 1. I don't know. I mean, the Jets also, why would you pick against the Jets just because look what they did against the Bills? So the, I, I don't love, I mean, the Cowboys, every pick is risky. The Cowboys, of course, are our favorites to win that game, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, I like the idea of saving them for later in the year. I did enjoy the Junkies Survivor Pool multiple segments on the show today, but what happened to the boys behind the glass Survivor pick? 
Well, it was our idea to start the segment, and it fell apart in week one. I will <laughs> never, I will never give Kirk Cousins credit ever again. He's a garbage stat king. You can't come through against the Bucks at home. You eliminate the guys behind the glass in week one. You embarrassed us. <laughs> I will never forgive him for that. Kirk Cousins is out for a lifetime for me. I hate the guy. Wow. Wow. All right, so let's just say that you had a pick in the Odyssey Richmond NFL Survivor Pool. Who would you lock in this weekend? I, I actually like the Saints. Nobody's talking about the Saints. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Panthers. Look, they got Olave, and Michael Thomas looked good in, in, in his comeback, and Rashid uh, Shahid, great weapons for the Saints. Look, the, the, the Panthers, nobody's really following them, but J.C. Horn, their cornerback, is out. Bryce Young, did he look that great in week one as a rookie? No, he threw two interceptions. I think he's getting used to the speed of the game. I really like the Saints on the road, minus two and a half against the Panthers. The Panthers are going to win like three four games this year. So give me the Saints. This is Don't Sleep on These Picks, presented by Don't Sleep Energy. Head to don'tsleepenergy.com and use the promo code AWAD Radio. That's A-W-A-D-D-R-A-D-I-O. It's Drabby T-shirt here with us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. I know that you're a big college football fan. Is Dion in Colorado, is that the biggest story in sports period right now? Well, if it, if it isn't, it's going to be very, very soon. So blown away by what Dion's done in the Pac-12. and just, I mean, people thought he was going to be a joke there, and if he wasn't going to be a joke, it was going to take a long time. In just two weeks, he's flipped college football on its head, a massive game in Boulder against Colorado State this weekend. And what is the Colorado coach doing? You're trying to fire up Deion Sanders and that team? That's how they play. That's what they thrive off. They thrive off people talking bad about him. So just a terrible idea. But look, the Pac-12 is looking awesome through two weeks of college football. They have eight teams in their last dance, their Michael Jordan documentary, their last dance of the Pac-12. They have eight teams ranked in the top 25. It's going to get very interesting as the season goes. And as a West Coaster myself, uh, I'm rooting for the guys that got left out, Oregon State and Washington State. Those are my two teams I'm rooting for this year. But Colorado, wow, what a story. Travis Hunter playing Every snap pretty much on both sides of the ball. And Dion's kid looks like a legit Heisman candidate and NFL pro quarterback. Uh, love what they're doing so far. Yeah, that'll be fun to watch 10 p.m. on ESPN. And after Colorado State's head coach came out and called out Dion Sanders for wearing hat and glasses, I think you can lock in Colorado to win and to cover the spread. Any other bets that you like on the college football Saturday slate? Well, I am a Sun Devil. I like them. Uh, money line. I think they're plus 125 at home against Fresno. Look, the Sun Devils kind of fell on their face last week against Oklahoma State, but uh, I'm looking for a bounce back. They do have a talented freshman quarterback, and I just cannot see them losing to Fresno, who hasn't blown me away in the first couple of weeks either. Um, but on the NFL side, the game that I'm going to be watching, i got to be dialed in, is, is Kansas City and Jacksonville. I mean, I think that's got to be the game of the week. If just for an NFL fan watching on TV, Kansas City, they can't go 0-2, right? I mean, I think they're only like two-point favorites on the road. I mean, people will be straight up panicking in Missouri and Kansas if the Chiefs drop to 0-2. And uh, Jacksonville kind of got lucky there in week one to pull away from the Colts. So I think that's going to be a great game to keep an eye on if you're not watching, uh, if you're waiting for the, something else to watch before the Commanders come on. I'm glad you brought that up because each week on Thursday, I give out AWOD certified game of the week, guaranteeing that football fans across the country will enjoy this game no matter who the two teams are. Last week, I gave out Bills Jets. Well, that'll do uh, 23 million viewers on my Monday night. Yeah, that'll do. Uh, this week, I went with Chiefs at Jags, so I'm I'm yeah. all on board for that.
that game. That's definitely uh, the certified game of the week. Um, you know what's an interesting one is 49ers at Rams. Uh, the Rams surprised a lot of people with a win week one, and I give them credit, but I give Sean McVay more credit. I do think the Niners win this game, but I don't know if they cover that 7.5-point spread. What do you think? I wouldn't touch that game with a 10-foot pole. Matt Stafford looked like it was 2014 out there in week one. He absolutely shredded the Seahawks defense, and it wasn't just because guys were wide open. That rifle arm, that cannon on his shoulder, it's back. Matt Stafford is scary. The Rams might be actually good. Everyone thought they were going to win just a couple of games this year. I don't know if they beat the 49ers in week two here, um, but that is not a game I am I'm betting on at all. Also, I do like the, the Chargers at the Titans. I think Chargers, they're not going to fall to 0 Herbert was kind of meh in week one. He only had one touchdown pass. Not impressed by the Titans at all. I think they're going to be just a loser team this year. So I'm going to see Herbert go off. I'm going to give him over probably two and a half touchdowns. So give me Herbert with three touchdown passes on Sunday against the Titans. It's Drab T-shirt with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. This is Don't Sleep on These Picks, presented by Don't Sleep Energy. Uh, Do you have a sports tilt of the week? Did any of the junkies tilt you with any of their sports takes this week? Not not necessarily the junkies. Well, the junkies always tell me who, with, with their takes, but uh, <laughs> it's more so like a, uh, like an NFL topic thing that that is bothering me. And I and it happened last night in the Vikings Eagles game. It's the end zone rule, fumbling the ball out of the end zone, and ninety nine percent of football fans out there hate the rule. I love the rule. If you fumble the ball into the end zone and it goes out of bounds, it should be a turnover. It's not the same thing. The end zone is not the same as the rest of the field. It's a neutral territory. High risk, high reward. If you're diving for the end zone, and you're, you've got to protect the ball. That's how you score points. The end zone has different rules. If you get tackled one inch before the, the end zone, you get zero points. If you're one inch over, you get six points. The end zone just has different rules. So I hate and you know, it's fantasy football. It's all these fantasy football guys out there. They're upset that Jefferson didn't score another six points on their fantasy team. They don't really care about the rules. They just want those goofy fantasy points. It's a great rule, and I think it's, if you have to understand football to, to appreciate that rule. You've got to protect the end zone. That's what they're doing. It's a last hurrah for the defense to punch a ball out and to save their team from uh, losing six points. So I love the rule. Give me the end zone rule. Don't ever change it, Roger. Keep it the same. Don't listen to the to the haters out there. It's a great rule. Yeah, I and mean, Justin Jefferson, so selfish. I mean, just go down. Who cares that you get into the end zone? He was thinking about his own fantasy team. My sports he wanted tilt- to dance. He wanted to do the gritty. That's what he wanted. My sports tilt of the week is everyone being mad at Eric Bieniemy's conservative play calling at the end of the game. If you watch that game and you're a fan of the Commanders, you know Sam Howell was one mistake away from botching the game. They had to run the game out there and kick the field goal. Everyone that called it conservative, you're losers, and he didn't actually watch the game. Sam Howell was one mistake away from the Commanders, losing to the Cardinals and blowing their entire season already. Well, I, I think it's fine. It might work in week one against the Cardinals because he knew that Josh Dobbs wasn't going to go to the length of the field and beat him. But he's got to be, he's got to open it up a little bit more after this week. Broncos, Cardinals, maybe you get away with being conservative, running the ball, letting Sam not do anything. But after that, you're not going to beat the Bills 17 13. It's just not going to happen. All right, Drab, how many don't sleep energy drinks have you already drank today? I've had three. I'm working on my fourth on the way home. I love Don't <laughs> Sleep. Mike, you're, you're awesome, man. I know. Thank you, Mike, for setting up this segment. Drab, thanks so much, man. All right, guys. Have fun. Later. Yep.
That was Don't Sleep on These Picks, presented by Don't Sleep Energy Drink. Need the energy to stay up and see your late-night picks go up in flames? It's easy. Head over to DontSleepEnergy.com and use the promo code AWADRADIO. That's A-W-A-D-D-R-A-D-I-O to save some cash. Your pick might go busto, but you'll be loaded with gusto. We love Don't Sleep Energy. Head to check them out online, DontSleepEnergy.com. Don't sleep makes you great. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWAD Radio on The Fan. Breaking news on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, powered by Odyssey, is brought to you by BetQL. I'm Adam Epstein. Breaking news here on Odyssey Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Sam Fortier reporting for the Washington Post that Ron Rivera said Chase Young, defensive end, will play Sunday for the Commanders. Young had been out since the stinger that he received preseason game number one against the Browns. He was ruled out of game number one, and reports were out from the Athletics' Ben Standig that he would not return until week three. Sam Fortier reporting, though, just a few minutes ago, Ron Rivera telling reporters defensive end Chase Young will play Sunday for the Commanders against the Denver Broncos. That's breaking news here on Sports Radio 910 The Fan. You're listening to Adam Epstein. What could go wrong in Washington will go wrong. It's Murphy's Law of Washington. Noon to 3 every day on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. The offense is going to be putting up 35 points a game. The defense is going to be giving up 36. I just know it in my blood. The offense is going to be top 5. The defense is going to be bottom 5. Team's going to be 500. Now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. Every game can be heard here in Richmond on the Odyssey app. This Sunday will be on 1140 AM WRVA. Available in your car and on the Odyssey app with a two-hour pregame show and a two-hour postgame show that I'm proud to be part of. It's the postgame gut check and... It is a West Coast game, so I know I'll be on the postgame show probably Sunday around 8.15. It'll be a long Sunday afternoon. It'll be a good one, though, if the Commanders can get a win and go to 2-0 for the first time since 2011. But Chase Young, back? Chase Young, back for the Commanders? Back again? Uh-oh, here we go. I guess we got to talk about it. We avoided talking about Chase Young all week long. But the news just came out, Sam Fortier reporting. Ron Rivera told reporters that Chase Young will play for the Commanders this Sunday. That's the lead story as we talk a little Commanders here at 1 p.m. on the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for some- The phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. Chase Young back. I guess we got to talk about it. 833-804-0910. What kind of impact do you think Chase Young will make if he suits up for the Commanders this Sunday? With Ron Rivera telling reporters just a few minutes ago, Chase Young will play in Denver against the Broncos. I'm surprised that mile high wasn't too much for him. He can handle those conditions. Look, for a long time, I defended Chase Young. I said he's not a bust. He dealt with injuries. 
and that's not on him. But then he continued to mock me by not showing up to voluntary workouts. Oh, they're voluntary. Who cares? No, but everybody else shows up except for Chase Young, where he went to get the bag of money because he didn't care about bonding with his teammates. And then the news broke just before my show ended on Saturday of last week that he would be out week one. And it was at that point that I completely changed my stance about Chase Young. I said he's not a gamer. He doesn't have heart. Because if he did, he would have lined up Sunday for the Commanders. Well, they sat him out for a week because the doctors wanted to see how he would respond to contact. Well, he must have responded well in practice this week. He was listed as a full participant in practice on Wednesday and Thursday. And the news just came out that Chase Young is back and will suit up for the Commanders on Sunday. I don't have any expectations for him, though. It used to be, oh, yeah, I'd hope for him to get half a sack a game, right? So he ends up with eight or nine sacks for the season. Give me one tackle for loss. Give me a forced fumble once every four weeks. I don't have any of those expectations. My expectation for Chase Young this Sunday would just be, see if he can suit up for five or six snaps. I don't know. Maybe he can make a difference. I know Montez Sweat on the other side will be a difference maker. I know the two big dogs in the middle... The Grizzly Bears, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, will make a difference. I know Emmanuel Forbes and Benjamin St. Juice on the outside will make a difference. And Cam Curl and Derek Forrest at safety. But I don't know about Chase Young. I'm worried that something's going to happen in the middle of the game and you're not going to see him in the third and the fourth quarter. Is he going to be able to respond to a tight end, you know, trying to crack block him? Or a right tackle going low on him? Is he going to be able to handle this contact? Or is he going to have a neck injury flare up in the middle of the game? I don't know what to expect. I, I really don't. But I do believe that Chase Young back is a good thing for the defense. And it should mean you get less double teams for Montez, Deron Payne, and Jonathan Allen. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. It's 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Is this possibly... A revenge game for Ron Rivera. Could he actually be mad at Sean Payton? I don't believe Ron Rivera has a you know an upset bone in his body where he could actually hold a grudge on Sean Payton. But Sean Payton took over as the Denver Broncos head coach earlier this year. It was shortly after that when he made headlines on Radio Row at the Super Bowl mentioning the Washington Commanders. And I'm thinking... Why would the new head coach of the Broncos mention the Commanders? Well, he dropped this bombshell. Quote, everyone's waiting to see what happens in Washington. And there's some interest from some potential ownership groups that are going to be bidding on it. That currently had bid on the team. That were getting ahead of the game saying, hey, if we get awarded this team, would you? And so there's a lot of different things at play. He went on to say that place had had a great tradition. Like when I came into the league, my first two years were in Philly. My next four were in New York. And then my next three were with the Cowboys. My whole NFL career prior to New Orleans was in the NFC, the NFC East. And what happened to that program? He went on to destroy Ron Rivera, the commanders, and Dan Snyder even more, saying, listen, that place, my uncle loved that Washington franchise. Last year, we go there to play, and pregame, I'm looking up at the crowd, and a third of the fans are Saints fans. And I'm like, what happened to this place? That was one of the six pillars of football. 
So there's a lot to unbuckle about those comments from Sean Payton last year at Super Bowl Radio Row. Number one, is he actually taking a shot at Ron Rivera by saying that new ownership groups that were bidding on the franchise, possibly Josh Harris, he didn't name names, reached out to see if he would be interested in being the coach. I said on these airways right here that if Dan Snyder didn't sell the franchise, Ron Rivera would have been fired last year. And I truly believe that. He had this team at 7-5. and five. They finished the season 8-8-1. Eight, eight, and one. You go 1-3-1 and one to end the, end the season and get knocked out of the postseason? Yeah, you do deserve to be fired. Ron Rivera would have been fired. But instead, Dan Snyder had his eyes set on $6.05 billion. And I do believe that new ownership groups sniffing around, maybe it was the, Greek, the rich Greek guy, were reaching out to head coaches because they were interested in starting their new era with a new coach, new quarterback, and a new entire system. Ron Rivera got saved because the sale was delayed. And by the time Josh Harris took over, we were in training camp. There was no firing Ron Rivera. Not at all. So Ron Rivera got saved. This is a lame duck season for Ron Rivera. I don't believe Josh Harris looks at him as the guy to lead this franchise to a Lombardi trophy. He's a stopgap. He's going to get you through this season while Josh Harris is a fly on the wall. And then he's going to make changes. So I do think this could be a revenge game for Ron Rivera if he cared to hold a grudge to Sean Payton. I'm not sure that he does. I think he's going to have this team fired up. I like how they're they're going to be drinking the beet juice to handle the altitude. They're going to get it in and out in 24 hours. So I like their chances to win. I'll give you my keys to victory when we return. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. In case you missed it, Chase Young, defensive end for the Commanders with that next stinger, has been removed from the team's injury list per Ron Rivera's press conference. Chase Young will play Sunday for the Washington Commanders, who will travel across the country to Mile High Stadium to face off against the Denver Broncos, Richmond's own Russell Wilson against Slingin' Sammy Howell. Break that de- game down right now, give you my prediction and keys to victory on the Commander's Corner. Look, getting Chase Young back is huge for the defense, and the defense played well last week. I do think this is going to be a low-score defensive battle. Last week, Russell Wilson threw for under 200 yards. Sam Howell actually out- outpassed him, outperformed him week one, did have a bunch of turnovers, Sam Howell, uh, but Russell Wilson just throwing for five yards in average. He's become the king of the checkdowns. He does not force it deep like he used to, which made him so special because, yeah, he would check down, check down, check down, and then he'd burn the top off your defense with DK Metcalf, with Doug Baldwin, with Tyler Lockett, and put six points on the board. It's not the same Russell Wilson that it was with the Seahawks, and he wasn't good all of last season with the Denver Broncos. Now, defensively, though, Denver is very good. They can get after the quarterback. They've got solid corners on the outside, good linebacker play as well. They're going to be able to stop this Washington defense, uh, I think, more times than not this weekend. So let's get right to it here. It is Commanders at Broncos. 425 will be your kickoff. AWOD's keys 
to victory. All right, number one, Sam Howell. Sam Howell needs to have less than two turnovers. All right? Sam Howell can afford to have one mistake in this game against the Broncos. Last week, he had that bad interception where he held on to the ball too long. Don't know if the pass got tipped or his arm got hit on the release, but it was a wobbler, and it was intercepted by the Cardinals. Team was able to respond to that, though. Well, then again, he fumbled the ball, had it returned for the touchdown, and really, I, I think nine times out of ten in the last few years, Washington loses that game. New offense, new season, new era, new life in the building at home with the fan base, and they were able to recover from the three turnovers. That's not going to happen again this weekend. You have three turnovers on the road in Denver. I'm sorry, but you lose this contest. All right? So Sam Howell can afford to have one mistake. Hopefully it's not a fumble. I'm okay with him having an interception where he's forcing it downfield. But nobody else can have a mistake. Antonio Gibson can't have a fumble. Logan Thomas can't have a fumble. Jamison Crowder can't botch a punt. Sam Howell is allowed to have one mistake. The rest of the team has to keep it mistake-free. That's key number one to victory for the Commanders. Number two. So last week, I watched the game, and then I watched the game again on my film review. And my big takeaway defensively was, man, they could have stepped in front of a pass and changed the game. They stepped in front of the pass and then dropped it, or stepped in front of the pass and made a, a pass deflection, or they got a tip on it, or they knocked it out of somebody's hands. The defense played really good. But they didn't make the game-changing play until the end of the third quarter when it came for Montez Sweat with his sack fumble on Josh Dobbs. I think that was terrific. The defensive line played great. I need more from the secondary. All right, so I'm looking at Cam Curl, Derek Forrest, Percy Butler, who nearly had an interception, Emmanuel Forbes, Benjamin St. Juice, and Kendall Fuller. The defense needs to make an interception of Russell Wilson for the Commanders to win this game. I think it's going to be possible. I think there's going to be plenty of opportunities. Even though, like I said, Russell Wilson has been throwing it short in game one. He tried to fit it into some tight windows. He did have a few interceptable balls. Emmanuel Forbes uh, was really highly rated uh, by Pro Football Focus from his week one performance. So that's got to give you uh, a lot of confidence. He played 38 defensive snaps. That's 65% of the playtime. Allowed just one reception for eight yards to uh, Hollywood Brown on three targets as the nearest defender. He aligned as the boundary corner on 33 of 38 snaps and was ranked 10 out of all corners who played week one, according to Pro Football Focus. And so uh, key number two is the defense to make an interception. Number three, if you are going to win this game on the road, if you are going to win a defensive battle, low-scoring game on the road, you need your superstar to make a play. Last year, there were three games in which Taylor Heineke, with the game on the line, said, you know what? YOLO ball. You only live once. You only have one opportunity to win the game. He threw up a 50-50 ball. You know who came down with the catch and won the game on three different occasions? Terry McLaurin. McLaurin was not heavily involved week one. Uh, he did have the big pass interference play that helped the offense a ton on the second drive of the game. And... The defense did a good job taking him out of the game. He had one play where he broke past his defender on a play action uh, post route. Sam Howell was scared to throw the ball downfield. So how do the commanders win? Key number three, McLaurin goes over 75 yards. If you are going to win on the road, you have to get your ace involved. You have to get your pl best player involved early and often. If McLaurin has you know five catches for 86 yards, I think that's enough for the commanders to win this game. I don't, I'm not saying McLaurin has to get in the end zone. 
And we do know that the red zone offense is a key to victory for sure every single week. And it was a big part of the Commanders sneaking out a victory against the Cardinals with Sam Howell running it in on third down. All right, so you have to be good in the red zone. But my third key to victory is just get McLaurin the ball early, often. If he goes over 75 yards, if the defense is scared of McLaurin, it's going to open things up for Dotson and Curtis Samuel and Logan Thomas and both the running backs out of the backfield, Brian Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson. McLaurin going over 75 yards is my third key to victory. As Michael Phillips talked himself into a commander's victory, it would mean the team would go 2-0 for the first time since 2011. And I will follow suit and go on record with a prediction that the commanders defeat the Broncos by the weird, awkward, don't know how they get to it final score of 19-16. to 19 to 16 is my final score. Um, maybe it is a touchdown to Terry McLaurin and then four Joey Sly field goals. I, I hope that's not the case because red zone, uh, it drives me crazy when you get to the red zone and you don't score. But I'm going with the awkward, weird score of a commander's road victory, 19 to 16. And we will once again celebrate a victory Monday here on 910 The Fan. Every Monday, you can catch me live from Capitol Hill House in Innsbruck from 12 to 3 p.m. Official prediction, Commanders win 19 to 16. we got a lot still to come on the show today, including the debut of a new segment, All Out Blitz. Matthew Paris, who covers the Commanders for the Washington Times, will join us at 2 p.m. And Trey Wilson, play-by-play -play voice of the Flying Squirrels, who clinched a playoff spot. We'll hop on the program at 2.15. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back.